Hello, everyone, and welcome to another team review here of the 2023 World Tour season. And today we're looking at the Juggernauts, the Giants, the Bumblebees, Yombo Visma themselves. And here to dissect their season with me is none other than Patrick Blake of Audu Cycling, one third of the Echelon Cycling Podcast. And I mean, I'm <laughs> Yombo Visma has been there year this year. 65 victories, the most that they've had, well, I think ever, even in, in their Rapper Bank era. Where do we even start, Patrick? We might, yeah. I mean, we might start with the narrative going into this season. Obviously, Jonas Vingo had won the first Tour de France in the team's history. There was the question over what's happening with Roglic, Wavenart, searching victories as well. And yeah, what did you make of coming into this season for Jumbo Visma? Defend the Tour. That was probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, goal for them this year. But then there was also the Roglic to the Giro. But then, like, the Vuelta wasn't really, I don't think, like, a big plan at the start. That just sort of fell into place at the end. And then, like you say, try and get Wout more success in the Cobbled Classics and just as a team have more success there. Because, of course, they did make some um, some signings for that. So trying to kind of improve on those results and... I think, like, also get Koi a bit more involved in, like, sprints and stuff. So they had quite a lot to go at this season to try and balance the expectations of a lot of riders. So, yeah, we'll talk about whether they managed to do all that. I can confirm it is their highest win rate ever. So the highest they had before this was 49 back in 2019. But obviously the quality of victory here is insane. Uh, 11 GC wins, 15 classic wins, 37 stage wins as well. Yeah, we might as well, before we go into monuments, the Grand Tours, other races, we could spend the, the whole day doing this almost. They had such depth in their in their wins it was just insane i mean, do we want to start with just sort of not the cobbled races but like stage races and stuff because they did like i know you look at we'll start at the beginning we'll start with somewhere near the beginning the glan camino course one of ewan's favorite races because it follows a, a pilgrimage trail Jonas pretty much dominated that okay. Paris nice Koi got a stage there terreno as well there was three wins for roglic there that was of course you know, sometimes that gets buried in the depths of all the other results that Roglic had a fantastic terreno. Catalonia, they won with Roglic, plus a couple of stage wins along the way. Jonas won Basque Country and three stage wins along the way to get that. The Dauphiné, Jonas won. He won two stages and Laporte won two stages, plus the green jersey. And you've got Vuelta Burgos, which Roglic won. They won the TTT there. But all of Britain, who can forget? Olaf Coy's four stage wins in a row. Could have been five, but Wout won that fifth stage. They won the GC with Wout at the Tour of Britain. And then there's lots of other one-day races, which I guess we'll talk about next. But I don't know, should we just take a moment to appreciate those stage race results? Honestly, if a team had that, that would probably be enough for quite a lot of teams in the World Tour. Yeah, I think you're right. The only real high-profile one I can think of that they haven't got is Tour de Suisse. Yeah, Roglic was rumored to go to there, but he didn't end up going there. As you said, 
that's just the one uh, stage races and then when you look at the one day races you're obviously european champion they have as well now obviously it's not under the jumbo visma banner but it still is yeah they still have him next year e3 dominating that with well dominating he won the sprint out of Tabergat and Mancho Vanderpool. Kent Wevel game, that was a Jumbo Visma show once again. Duarte Blandren. And then national championships kind of cleaning up as well. Home loop for Dylan yeah, Van Baal. Oh, that was the crazy opening weekend, right? Yeah, Tiege Bernot then won the day after. Won Kern Brussel Kern. I think at the start of the season, they clearly set their stall out to show how they are not just a team who focuses, you know, their victories are focused around free riders. You know, this is a team with immense, almost unrivaled depth in the pro peloton, I think. The fact that Van Baal literally just came into the team and was just like, and we've arrived. Like, we didn't have White One Art that opening weekend in hopes that saving him would for just the big races would, would work out better, but they, they were still just as dominant. It was insane. Literally his first race for the team wins it. Yeah. That's how you do it. Right in now. But we might as well move on to monuments. And I mean, Patrick, they have won monuments in the past. And uh, yeah, how how did they do this year? Uh, they, they they were consistent, I would say, is is what they are. In Milano San Remo, Wout Van Aert came third. Then we had Tiege Benoit was the highest finisher in Liège, Baston Liège. Of course, Wout Van Aert didn't go there, but Tiege Benoit finished in seventh place in that race. In Paris-Roubaix, Wout Van Aert finished in third place. Then in Il Lombardia, of course, Primoz Roglic came in third place. And then in Flanders, Wout Van Aert finished in fourth place. So they got some third places. Got, yeah, so third places, seventh place, fourth place. So they never quite hit the mark with the monuments unfortunately fell a little bit short which is the only thing which went you could even say went wrong for Jumbo Visma this season was their monuments and uh, did you expect them to win a monument this year Scott? Uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that Roglic took the uh, Lombardia or if but like Jonas and uh, and Roglic didn't even go to Liège, so it's a bit of a shame that. And yeah. what not the puncture as well in Paris-Roubaix, maybe that hampered him a bit. Could he have outsprinted Macho Vanderpool? Obviously, he mm. he had that frustrating moment of being that one lap behind him in the velodrome, joined by Jasper Philipsen, the best, well, the fastest cyclist in the world on two wheels. And then obviously had to settle for that third place. But yeah, do you think Wout Van Aert could have outsprinted Macho Van Der Poel if they were finishing? Imagine that those two in their Roubaix velodrome, that would have been an image for the ages. Hmm. I don't know. It's hard to say because they've, like at E3, we saw Wout outsprint Van Der Poel, but we've also seen Van Der Poel outsprint Wout Van Aert. We, although we have seen in longer races, White One Art generally doesn't do as good in the sprints as Vanderpool does. So I would probably say that Vanderpool would still have won personally, just because of the way that their track record goes in the monuments and sprinting at the end of them. I will I would say that Vanderpool I think still would have won. So I'm not I think Mark Van Aert might have just had another second place to add to the record. Yeah, it still boggles my mind that Wat Van Aert can beat some of the best sprinters in the world. He's won on Champs Elysees, all these things, but mm. can't 
beat Macho Van der Poel. But like we'll talk about Macho Van der Poel yeah. and what went on in the tour. Um, yeah, so um, that was basically the monuments. No victories, like you said, very consistent, but not getting that big cheese. Moving on to the Grand Tours, Patrick and Giro d'Italia. Obviously, they won it with Primoz Roglic, but how was their Giro? Although they did win. They actually got one stage win along the way, which was Roglic's TT victory on stage 20 up the climb where he dropped his one-by chain or something like that over that little bump. That was a whole that was a whole story in and of itself. But yeah, I'd say that the Giro, despite the fact they did win, it wasn't the most fruitful Grand Tour for them this year. Of course, they didn't have like a a sprinter there they were all in on Roglic so it was quite a slow burner where they just sort of kept just being very consistent and not really like messing up and eventually it came through where they they took the victory from Garrett Thomas it was good because I can't say I can't say oh it was just a very meh grand tour when they won it so I'd say it was good but it wasn't great it wasn't what we've seen in you know Tour de France of 2022 for example where they were winning stages and everything else along the way so I'd say that was a good one but they did so basically they did something very similar in the Giro and the Tour where they sort of won it in a very minimalist way if if that's like a even a way of saying it where they they won it doing exactly what they had to do there was no sort of bells and whistles attached to it like for 2022 with the the green jersey with the mountains jersey with all these stages flying around everywhere it was very clinical very yumbo visma sort of organized and i think that arguably that's quite a lot of respect for that i mean obviously it wasn't like that in the welter though was it it was a it's a bit more chaotic in the welter yeah and uh just on the zero point Sepku saved Roglic's Giro, which uh, was at stage 16, where he got dropped by Joao Almeida and Garin Thomas. Sepku's basically dragged him back into contention. And like you said, that time trial. But yeah, the tour, yeah, Jonas Vingo winning. But like you said, he, he was very passive. Like he was very defensive. He was, it seemed like he was scared of Tadabugacha, even though, and because we, we didn't really know if Tadabugacha was in fighting form broken wrist etc and yeah eventually it just like the elastic snapped on the Col de la Loz and Tare Bogaccio was gone even Jonas Vingor looked behind where is Tare yeah but it was a it was a good performance from the team I think it was a bit weird with Wout I thought Yombu did a great job controlling the whole race but while they're not, they were desperately trying to get a stage victory with him didn't quite happen and uh yeah didn't get the green jersey as well, like you said. So I know it seemed almost like I don't want to say it was like disappointing from Wout Van Aert, but I think it's just uh, from the twenty twenty. Oh, it was. Season. It was. Let's say it. It definitely was, and I think he definitely doesn't have uh, Victor Lafay on his Christmas card list this year. <laughs> yeah, I've, I mean, he got close on multiple occasions, didn't he? But he was just unfortunate in some senses, like you say, like a Lafay. You know that that was uh, that was a bit unfortunate. He would have got that one. Jonas probably would have won more stages, but he he had dropped Pagacha, but there were there was like a breakaway up ahead, so he didn't get the victory. But if you remove the breakaway, Jonas probably would have got like another two or three stage wins. Yeah, I kind of wanted him to win the Col de la Loz, but mm. Felix Felix Gal- Gal- nevertheless, the Vuelta España, Patrick craziness. Yeah, literally, probably 
quite a lot of people's favourite Grand Tour of, really? of this year. I think I think it was, but purely for the drama, I think quite oh, a lot man. of people enjoyed it. It was just like them dominating, but like you say, they've got. I mean, Roglic got two stage wins. Jonas got two stage wins. Sepp Kuss got one stage win. They won the the big mountain top finishes. They won up the Tourmalet. They won up the Anglerou. In fact, the only thing that seemed to be able to stop Jumbo was themselves throughout that whole race. Yeah, it, it was an interesting one. But of course, Sepp Kuss took his first Grand Tour win at the end of all that. And that was a big fan favourite thing that happened after the sort of controversy of Jonas and Roglic dropping him. God, yeah, the Vuelta was just crazy. And the fact that they got five stage wins and they won the race plus second and third place in GC. Yeah, probably couldn't have got much better, I don't think. Yeah, completely agree. Kind of 10 out of 10. Mm. Yeah, you're right. That drama was certainly intriguing, to say the least, on the Anglerou. I can't remember when we've seen, like, maybe Bradley Wiggins, Chris Froome, where he dropped the yellow jersey, but then he kind of went back and helped him. Mm. But it was, yeah, strange. Like, why would you attack your teammate? Seb Kuss, the guy who's helped you, literally helped you win the Giro, literally helped you win two Tour de France's guys. And I think they got, I wouldn't have wanted to see Roglic's or Vingegaard's uh, social media comments section after that happened. Because like you said, Seb Kuss, a big fan favorite. Yeah, it was pretty feral. Yeah. <laughs> the fans started going at each other. It was crazy. Despite being a Vingol fan, I did think it was a bit sour taste to attack your teammate. So many people put in the comments as well, even on our recap, that it was kind of like, it needs to be the best that wins. Yes, but cycling is a is a individual sport practiced by teams. Like And like you said in the recap, you said that there was no threat at all from the to the Yombo Visma guys. So there was no yeah. point dropping him. It didn't, yeah. I don't, yeah, it didn't really make sense. But um, you, you can go back and watch that recap if you want to, people. If you, if you want to go hear kind of our in-depth thinking about that. Um, it was a good discussion that day. Aimless plug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we might as well get to the verdict of the Yombo Visma 2023 season. What do you think? I mean, I just want to say 10 out of 10, but no, I might no. just be slightly cynical and say 9.5. Oh, I was thinking 9.5 as well. Because uh, they, we were at the monuments. I can't even remember the last team that won three Grand Tours in a season. Yeah. I know. People say, but they won all three Grand Tours. It's like, yeah, it's very true. But the fact of the matter is they have Wow Van Aert here as the big one-day racer, and he didn't perform as well as was expected on the big stage for your Milan-San Remo, your Flanders, your Roubaix. He didn't win them. And that is, if he did win one of them, this would be a 10 out of 10. But he didn't, so. Granaki? Oh, yeah. Well, oh, brilliant. (laughs) 10 out of 10. (laughs) Fantastic. He just about beat Mark Hershey and Albanese in a sprint. No wonder he can't beat Vanderpool. Ouch. There you go. 
Uh, I think Strabianke as well was a bit of a shame because they messed that one up. Pickcock obviously won that, but like they were so close to dragging him back with Benoit and Balta. 9.5, is that your final score? Yeah, 9.5. Yeah, I was thinking about doing that as well. Um, well you could do it if you want. Yeah, I think I will. I will. So it's the first one we agree on. Okay, we only had for two teams so far. But... <laughs> it's a 50% strike rate. Woo! <laughs> but uh, yeah, that is basically it for this Yombo Visma 2023 review. Make sure to comment down below what you thought of Yombo Visma's well for some people's perfect season in terms of grand tours definitely and uh, yeah we will be back with the next team which will be Lidl Trek so look out for that one and yeah subscribe to the channel if you're new here and we will see you around